0: Well, hey guys, Uh, welcome back to the Shift Curriculum Podcast. I'm here with, you guessed it, Rachel. Hey guys. (laughs) Third week in a row. So good. So glad to be here. (laughs) After this, you're done with me though. Yeah, yeah. But also with this one, it's a little different because you wrote this one on your own. We didn't write it together. So it's going to be more of a conversation where Rachel's definitely the expert on this passage and I'm not. (laughs) Anyway, uh, last week we talked about um, the woman at the well, Mm -hmm. and it was a really good conversation. I hope it was really fruitful for your shift groups. Um, But this week we're talking about John 9. So that's the scripture passage. And if you haven't read it yet, go ahead and pause this podcast right Mm now and go listen. Well, hey, welcome back. We're so (laughs) glad you're here. Um, And so we're going to be talking about John 9 today. Um, This week is called, But Now I See, which is really Mm. exciting um, to see how we're going to see how the the Lord's going to show up this week.
1: For sure. And a lot happened since last week's passage. Like we were kind of going like pretty close to one another for a little while, but now it's like, a pretty big gap and Jesus has so much cool stuff in between last week's passage and this week's passage so if like you know not all of you have like tons and tons and tons of homework to do so if you just like have some extra time go ahead and just like read some of those passages and check out like the context of even what's happening before what we're going to talk about this week like Jesus heals a man and the Pharisees kind of like get a little upset about it and because it's like on the Sabbath. And so that also happens again in this passage. And so it'll just be funny to see how like they just don't get it. Mm -hmm. Um, and Jesus literally takes five loaves of bread and two fish and feeds 5,000 people, which crazy. is like crazy miracle. He walks on water, no big deal. Yeah, casual. He, <laughs> there's a woman who was caught in adultery and a bunch of people were about to stone her. And Jesus said, uh-uh. Dang. <laughs> you the, know, which one of you in. has not sinned. And then you can throw the first stone. Just mm-hmm. like completely saved her. And then um, we also get mixed in there like a bunch of authoritative che- teachings from Jesus. And so there's so much establishment of like who Jesus is that people are seeing. So many miracles that he's performing. And yet we'll see in this passage that yet people still do not get it. They still refuse to believe who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. It's crazy.
0: And I think so many times in, the, in this curriculum, we've talked about how John is such a storyteller. Yeah. Like this is such a story of... This is what Jesus came to do, and this is how he did it. And look, this is what happened, and mm-hmm. like telling it as a story. And so I feel like we're, we are still kind of in the rising action of this is the stuff that leads up to the huge climax, which, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, resurrection. <laughs> well, the crucifixion. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, and then, then, then the resurrection. resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so then this week we're gonna dig into chapter 9 of John And so a couple weeks ago if you were listening when we were talking about Nicodemus I talked about the whole light and darkness imagery Mm -hmm. in John that I just love I dig it. It's great. It comes back. I'll talk more about it later But just like an alert as I talk about what the scripture like what goes on in the scripture remember That the light and dark imagery is purposeful and there's like meaning behind it and so we enter the scene and there's this man who's been blind and it says that he's been blind since birth. And the disciples asked Jesus, they're like, so like, why is he blind? Because they had like a misconception at that time. And we often have this misconception too as to why bad things happen to good people. It's mm-hmm. this discussion called theodicy if you like really want to dig in, but like we're not going to cover the <laughs> Our whole issue gal. of theodicy here. <laughs> um, but they, lived, they worked in this like, economic mindset where like it's like give and take if I do something good then God will bless me if I do something bad or sinful then he will hurt me Mm -hmm. and so the disciples are asking well did this man's parents do something sinful to cause them to have a son who is blind Mm -hmm. which is just not how God works right we'll just leave it there there's a lot of theology you can talk about but he God does not do that and so They're asking these questions and we can also like relate to that because we do that the same. And um, Jesus goes and heals this man. Like he takes dirt from the ground, spits in it, puts it on the guy's eyes. It's kind of gross maybe, but I don't know.
0: I mean, especially during COVID. I know. (laughs) Someone spits in some dirt and starts rubbing it on your eyes. And he
1: says, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. And there's also this cool imagery in that you think about the Genesis narrative where man was created from the dirt. And Mm -hmm. so Jesus is drawing this imagery of from the dirt he is using to heal this man of his like physical inequity. And so that's a really cool imagery as well. And so this man, he's healed. He can see, it's awesome. But then the people in the village were like, um, was that, is that really the guy that we've known all this time who was blind? And it's like, if he knew someone their whole life, yeah, he was born blind and lived in this village. And the people are like, maybe that's not him. <laughs> like, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> and yeah. so they are sh- like, uh, some, it's just as some of the people in the village struggle to believe that this is the same man who is blind because they just are struggling or maybe even refusing to believe mm-hmm. who Jesus is and what he has done. And so they bring him to the Pharisees and let's bring it back. Who are the Pharisees? We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. This is an educated group of men. They were um, Jewish. They were very adherent to the law. And um, they aren't like, we often look at them as like bad guys, but really they were just trying to honor God in holiness so much that that became the crux that kept them away from seeing the glory and like goodness of Jesus. In a way they were blinded. Yes. Which we see in this passage, which is just so, 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 so cool. So they bring them to the Pharisees and they're like all in disagreement. And they're like, well, like instead of like talking about, oh, this guy literally is blind that's awesome they're like oh but like just did do this on the sabbath (laughs)
0: like you're just completely missing the point (laughs) yeah
1: um and if you don't know what sabbath is it's the fourth commandment in the old testament in the ten commandments that was given um, through moses in the old testament and um the pharisees like very strongly committed to the sabbath you do not work on the sabbath this is still a very regulated um, practice in the jewish faith and so but at this point they're like bringing sabbath into this like sabbath legalism Mm -hmm. instead of like true like life-giving sabbath Mm -hmm. that like jesus is more so embodying. and so they're hung up on the law while jesus is out healing people of their blindness and so um they also like the people in the village refuse to believe despite the witness of the community and all that they have seen before this, because like we said, so much has happened. Pharisees have seen so much. And so in the face of their disbelief, like all the man can say, cause they just keep questioning him. He's like, I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah. Like I was blind. Now I can see Yeah, <laughs> that's like, that's it. Right. Like I was blind my whole life. Yeah. This man gave me sight.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I was even telling Rachel earlier, my favorite part of this passage is that they go to this guy's parents <laughs> and they're like, y'all, you got to give us some answers, like what happened, what was going on? And they're like, I mean, he's, he's of age, go talk to him, like go ask him. And so then they go back to him again and they're like, dude, how did this happen? And he's like, what you said, I don't know what else to tell you. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I just, all I can tell you is what happened and this is what happened, which is so crazy.
1: Yeah. So then in the end, the man um, has a conversation with Jesus about who he is. And Jesus reveals that he is the son of man. And this uh, man who is now, who now has sight immediately, immediately believes. It's kind of like the woman at the well where she's like in from the second. Mm -hmm. Like she believes in who this man is because of like how he touched his life and her life Mm -hmm. and so then verse 19 says i entered this world to render judgment to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind which is just so cool because this whole story is like a physical healing like Mm -hmm. from darkness to light this man could not see now he can see but it is reflecting our inner self like Mm -hmm. we are in spiritual darkness we are in spiritual blindness are we going to be brought into the light
0: Mm. So good. Which is like the mic drop, honestly, of this <laughs> yeah. passage. Like, uh, no, I'm telling people who think they can see, you're actually blind. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Because the Pharisees really did think that they, they, they thought they thought that they knew everything. They
1: like, Well, because like they had all the scriptures memorized. Right. And so, so they were like, if exactly something was going to happen, we would know it. Right. We would understand it.
0: Right. And then they're here and the literal Messiah is right in front of them and they can't even see it. Yep. They're talking about the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like cool <laughs> casual <laughs> that's awesome yeah um so i kind of shared what was like what stood out to me in the curriculum but with this week when you're writing stuff like what was what stood out to you the most yeah,
1: i think this metaphor of lightness and darkness mm. and it just keeps going back to that first week of your curriculum that you talked about that yep. Jesus is the light in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. And Jesus is using this. Well, John shows this imagery over and over again in his gospel and his letters. And we just like see it in this story. Like Jesus came to bring the world out of darkness and into light. And so like when Nicodemus a couple weeks ago came to Jesus, he came to him in the darkness and Jesus shined his light on him. Then in this story, this man could not see And then like for his whole life, he was just like in darkness, Mm -hmm. literally all he saw was darkness. And Jesus used a physical healing to bring him light. And then the man in the end, he believed. And so then he was also brought into
0: spiritual light. Wow. You know, crazy. Like, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. Because this, this exact same thing is happening over and over to so many different people And so that even shows us that if it can be replicated over and over again in the New Testament, then it can be replicated in our lives too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like we, like through Jesus, we are given the opportunity to like experience Jesus' light. And so like we have been impacted by the darkness of the world. Yeah. Like we have, like we see it in scripture. We are not alone in that. It has been the history of God's people since the fall that we are affected by darkness. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is the one who brings us out of that darkness and into light. So any sin, any past hardship, any past trauma, like Jesus is willing to bring light into that darkness. Yeah. And again, in First John, when it says like, sorry, John 1, that is very confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: the first chapter of John. <laughs> yes,
1: because <laughs> there's also a book called First John. Yep. But the first chapter of John, there's a light in the darkness and like the darkness cannot overcome yeah. Jesus's light. It is impossible.
0: Right. I mean, this is like such great news and yeah. like, this is so amazing to hear. But I think that even just hearing this, sometimes people are like, I just don't believe that that could happen to me. <laughs> like, yeah, I I'm stuck in this unbelief of, I don't think that Jesus could do that for me. And mm-hmm. so like, what would you even say to that? Yeah.
1: Well, it's, there's a funny like difference between like Could he and like, would he? Mm. Because can he, we see by the scriptures and by the testimony of people around us and the testimony of the church, like he can, Yeah, like he literally, it is a document he gave people healing. Right. But I think what we, we often put a could there when really what we need to ask is like, would he heal Mm -hmm. me? Like we have this like insecurity that God would not heal the likes of me. Like, who has done X, Y, or Z. Yeah,
0: like, it feels like our sin is too big for God to actually do something about.
1: Yes, and that's just, like, not the truth. Right. Like, that would give sin a larger foothold than God in this world, Mm. which is just, like, not true. Yeah. God is the omniscient, omnipotent one. Like, he is greater than any other thing, greater than any evil. He is the creator of all things. Yeah. So, therefore— there's literally nothing in our lives, nothing that we could have done that cannot be overcome by the light of Jesus.
0: Yeah. Easy. Sounds a lot easier <laughs> than it is in practice. In like that,
1: what I just said is like, sounds so simple, but there, like, I can think of so many scenarios in my life where I still subconsciously do not believe that Jesus is healing me. Yeah. Or like, I don't recognize that I need that healing mm-hmm. or I don't want to give him. That place of my pl- of my heart to yeah, heal, like
0: not giving up that control. Yeah, that's what I always come up against. <laughs> it's me yeah. in control all the time. Yeah, because
1: like it's largely belief in something is our choice. Like we have to choose to believe, and choice often isn't like this one instantaneous moment. Right, we have to continually choose day by day. Right, to believe. Like so, whenever this man was healed by Jesus, and he believed. Every day from then on, he chose belief yeah. in the Son of Man.
0: That's awesome. So then, this is great. We love talking about Scripture. It's so cool to see like what was happening during like that day when Jesus was talking to this man who he healed. But when we're reading this, how do we apply this to our mm. lives today? Yeah. Um,
1: something huge that I think we largely ignore in— mainly the Western church, is confession. The mm, yeah. um, sure Catholic do. church does a pretty good job of, like, emphasizing confession. We, the Protestant church, Protestant far side of the Western church, do not. Right. <laughs> um. It's kind of like just like, grace, 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 grace. It doesn't matter. Grace, grace, grace. But we do have a place where we need to just sit and confess. Right. And so, like, shed light on what is going on in our hearts because often— It's the things that in my life that I'm not confessing that like are stirring darkness inside of me. That sounds really dramatic, but it's just like the truth. It's like holding me back. It becomes this greater weight because I have not let that come to light to Mm -hmm. the Lord. And so as an application, like I just want to encourage people to— a, like confess to the Lord, like let confession be like a daily practice. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's prayer of examines where you can just go to bed at night and just like sit and reflect on your day and say like, Lord, I haven't lit up to your standard and I'm yeah. sorry. And I receive your forgiveness. That's a really important part. Yeah. Receiving forgiveness within confession so that we're not just like bogged down by like how horrible we are because mm-hmm. we're all. The prayer and depravity, so you know, it's fine. And like this man, he
0: was so willing to receive what Jesus wanted to give him. Yes, he was so willing to receive the healing, but it was because like Jesus came to him, he didn't Mm -hmm. come to Jesus. Yeah, Jesus walked toward him. And so, when we even bring demons out into the light, (laughs) the things that are inside out into the light, the Lord always walks toward us. Yes, every single time,
1: yeah, and then like. Um, there's some things that I bring to the Lord, but then there's things in my life that I realize, like, you know, I've been confessing a lot. This is a pattern mm-hmm. like this is something that I have like a stronghold towards, yeah, and those are the things that I want to encourage you all to open up in confession to trusted leaders yeah. and um, peers. that's good. um, just so that we can be held accountable to living a life in light of Jesus, because mm-hmm. like our formation and who we become. Um, and the likeness of Jesus isn't for ourselves just so that we can, like, be free from our past or any traumas we've experienced. Like, our formation in Jesus is for the sake of others and so that we can be a light to this world and continue to bring and perpetuate Jesus's life that he's talking about in John.
0: Yeah. One of the things I, I've always heard— you know, pastors say is that it's not freedom from something. It's freedom for something.
1: Yeah, Like we're not being freed from
0: something just to be freed from it. We're being freed so that we can then go into bringing freedom to others and just honestly living a life that's better. Freedom for a better life. Yeah.
1: Everyone, get out your pencil, write that down. Not freedom (laughs) in something, but freedom for something. That's so good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I always remember that when I'm talking about confession because confession's hard. It is. And owning up to things is hard. Mm -hmm. But it does make our lives better to just put things into the light.
1: It's the most forming thing we could do. Yeah. Because like when we're being formed in the image of Christ, he's not forming us in the things that we already are doing well. Right. He's forming us in the areas of our life that do not look like him. Therefore, we need to confess those things.
0: Yep. Man, that's good, Rachel. (laughs) Um, Well, that wraps up this week's conversation about John 9. Um, And so if you guys want to join us next week, we'll be talking about John 10, 1 through 21, talking about the Good Shepherd. That's a good passage. It's my favorite passage. So I can't wait to talk to you guys about it next week. And we'll see you later. Bye.